This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the Sexy Lifestyle's all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are, and we love talking about sex and sexuality and sexual pleasure. And we hope our discussions will open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and you deserve it. Boy, do we have an exciting show lined up for you today that's going to climax with some juicy advice on how you can have great sex tonight. So, do you understand the anatomy of female arousal? In other words, are you familiar with all her juicy bits? Even the ones most people, yes, even you sex educators, doctors, midwives, and other experts out there don't quite know about. Well, if you want a a guided tour in search of that hidden pleasure, then join us with Sherry Winston, author of Women's Anatomy of Arousal, as we discuss how to make her reach maximum climax and become multi-orgasmic or even make her squirt. What do you know about squirting? Ooh, lots, lots, lots. You are a major squirter. I love it. It turns me on so much. So, first, let's give a quick shout out to Stephanie uh, from Taboo's Naughty But Nice Sex Show. Stephanie and her whole team are working super, super hard to get all those final preparations done for next week's sex show in Toronto, which is going to happen Friday, November 24th to Sunday, November 26th. Yeah, we're all set. We're getting very excited to be attending and participating at the sex show in Toronto. We're going to be broadcasting on location, interviewing lots of exhibitors, contributors, and some of the attendees on the show floor. It's going to be so much fun. It sure is. We're going to do like man or woman or couple on the street. I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to have our Sibian in our booth. And for those of you daring enough to climb on and take it for a ride, come by and say hello. If not, you can still touch and feel and test out the controls and get the sense of the most powerful sex toy out there. You can join us for this amazing, sexy fun event in Toronto, November 24 to 26. You can find all the details on our website at thesexylifestyle.com. And if you want some free tickets to come on in, just send us an email at info at carolandavid.com. The first 10 emails are going to receive free entrance to the show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David. And on today's show, Sexual Arousal, we're going to be talking about how to turn her on, turn it up, and maximize her sexual pleasure. But before we introduce our sexpert guests, we have an update on a story we told you about a couple of months ago about our friends, a couple who were, you know, working on getting that sexy back into their relationship, And they ended up coming to a swingers party and had the time of their lives. We often meet couples in the lifestyle whose sex life had dwindled after having kids or the busyness of life had just taken over their relationship. 
But at some point, they realize that it's time to get that passion back. You know, that passion that they used to have in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So the story is about Jen and Ben. You know, they were in their, they still are in their mid-30s. They are our vanilla friends. And, you know, they're more than vanilla. They're, they're vanilla twist. They're, they're actually vanilla adventurous. They had a similar lull in their passion while the kids were small. But recently, like within the last year, they made a conscious choice to get their sexy back. And, you know, after lots of discussions with Jen and Ben, with them listening and asking us great questions, it became pretty clear they wanted to experience more. So they decided to join one of our swingers parties to sort of like dip their toes in. And, you know, they came as voyeurs to start off with. Yeah, And we were happy to guide them to help them understand the ins and outs of the lifestyle, pun intended. And they, um, they have such a wonderful and positive attitude, and we wanted them to have a great first experience. They did. And they did. And, you know, they were pretty nervous at first, uh, but once they got to the party and met some of our lifestyle friends, it didn't take long for Jen to connect with some of the other ladies. It was so hot. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Jen ended up being at the center of a huge daisy chain of girl on girl on girl on Jen. (laughs) It really was fun. You know, they pushed a lot of boundaries that night and they fulfilled quite a few fantasies at the party. Sure did. A little more than dipping their toes in, which was the initial intention, but they had such a great time. Ben even mentioned that it was so amazing to get to know another side of Jen, a naughty side he had not seen before, even though they'd been together for 10 years. Yeah, and boy, Jen was very naughty and sexy. It was so hot seeing how Everything was coming together and how all the girls went at Jen's pace, initiating her literally into the lifestyle. And all in all, it was a super, very sexual experience for everyone, but especially for Jen, who actually left the party like on cloud nine. (laughs) Yes, yes, she did. And so now we're updating it. So it's been a few months since that party. And Jen and Ben, they can't believe how that first experience created so much incredible conversation and amazing sex just between the two of them. They had such a positive experience that they're now members of stc.com, which is the Swingers Date Site. And, you know, they're out there actively meeting other couples. They're taking it slowly, but, you know, they're working on finding those compatible couples to play with. As you know, there's compatible couples for everybody. Some of their encounters have been more successful than others, as is natural out there. But those new sexual encounters and adventures have made them so much closer. And boy, oh boy, they're sure having a lot of fun doing it all and learning all about it. Yeah, and you know what? They're even coming with us on the STC cruise, which is coming up very, very soon, by the way, December 9th out of Puerto Rico. And they're so excited to be on their first lifestyle event, like kids in a candy store. Den and I have been online shopping together. I've been showing her what she needs to buy and wear for those, you know, very fun uh, theme nights where you need some, well, some skanky club wear and some fun outfits and some costumes because there's lots of different themes. We're having such a blast. Yeah, what about those high heels that Mm -hmm. all the women wear Mm -hmm. The costumes. I mean, it's absolutely a little crazy that you go out and shop for all these outfits when really most of the time on the ship you're naked. (laughs) Yeah, that is fun. That's during the day, though. (laughs) So before our party, we had explained to Jen and Ben how the lifestyle makes our couple stronger. However, at the time, I'm not sure they actually got it. But now, oh my God, after a few months of experience in the lifestyle, they definitely get it. They get how the lifestyle really has made their couple stronger. So this is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we're excited to introduce today's guest. 
holistic sexuality educator, Sherry Winston, and is an award-winning author and teacher. Sherry is empowering, entertaining, and offers pleasure-centered sex ed for grown-ups. Wow, that's a mouthful. Sherry loves to inspire people to have a lot more pleasure, fun, and fulfillment. Sherry, thanks for taking the time and being with us here on The Sexy Lifestyle, and welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be on the show talking about also my favorite topic, which is sex and pleasure. Well, we've seen from your yeah. website that the breadth of your work, you, you really are the ultimate expert on female genital anatomy. So I was wondering, like, how did this expertise come about? Is it something you were always interested in? Well, my background is uh, where my first calling was uh, to be a midwife. Mm -hmm. And so when I was 20, I started on that path. I was already a massage therapist. I became a childbirth educator. Uh, I got my RN and then my uh, advanced uh, certified nurse midwife degree. So I'm also a gynecology practitioner. So I did all that and uh, I spent 25 years Really, I like to think of it as kneeling at the altar of birth, you know, between <laughs> women's legs. <laughs> and, uh, and I learned so many amazing things. Uh, birth itself is a phenomenal teach, which is where you're going to get to see natural, real natural birth. And along the way, I was teaching. I was always teaching. And I was teaching women how to do things like use their pelvic floor muscles or make sound and use, you know, use their minds and positive visualizations. And I was using all of these tools to help my women have better birth experiences. And unconsciously, I was incorporating those things into my own sexual life. At which point I started going, when I realized after 10 years what I was doing, uh, I started going to uh, classes about Tantra and Taoist sexuality and some Native American sexuality, uh, sacred sex traditional things. And, And I started studying all that at that point, thinking it was for me, for my sex life and my partner's pleasure which it certainly was, uh, but I was surprised to discover that I was bringing the things I'd learned in, in sex world back into birth world. And it started to really come together for me that this was all one integral experience. Somewhere along the line, I started uh, really getting interested in, especially in female genital anatomy, Partly because I own it and partly because I was working with it. And you've seen um, a lot. I've seen a lot of a lot of yoni. A lot, a lot. Or uh, vulvas or a lot of genitals. A lot of genitals in my time. And I love them. I mean, I think bodies are awesome and amazing and I was always fascinated. But uh, So I was already working as a midwife uh, when I came across a book. It had been in and out of print ever since called New View of a Woman's Body. Now, at that point, I thought I knew everything there was to know about female genital anatomy. And this book talked about parts I had never heard of before. Hmm. And I was stunned, right? I had all of this knowledge and learning and experience from all these different areas. And there were parts I hadn't heard about. Blew my mind because I, I instantly went and did my homework, right? I'm like, wait a minute. Do I have these parts? And sure enough, I did. Uh, do other women? Yes, they do. Uh, and that got me started on what I now call the hunt for buried pleasure. Yeah, I like that. Because I, 
Yeah, I started to realize that our our maps, our, our mental models, the diagrams, and this is our our textbooks, our sex books, our, our sex educators, our healthcare practitioners. We're missing. We're missing all of these really important parts that are, are vital to um, female pleasure, really, especially expanded uh, astronomical female pleasure. And so I, I went on the hunt to find what else was missing. And that's how I, I sort of put together this new map and along the way blew my own sexual experience so wide open and uh, had so much more, oh, pleasure, easier arousal, bigger, better, wilder, deeper, incredibly ridiculous orgasms, ejaculation. All of that stuff came for me out of really understanding the whole instrument. That's and a, so that, that's my mission, to wow. get other people to learn the instrument. So that's amazing. Now, experienced all this, you learned all this, you absorbed all this, you found out about you know, your pussy and everything that goes on in there, and then you created a website, theintimateartcenter.com. What's that all about? Well, I, uh, I got kind of burnt out on the baby thing, and I retired from catching babies. I was doing gynecology at that point, but I knew that wasn't my next calling. And at that point, I, I was teaching classes, what I called woman craft class, like vaginal ecology, you know, how to keep your vagina healthy and happy, things like that. And, and I added one class for women about how to have better orgasms. Mm-hmm. I had learned all this stuff. And, oh, my gosh, that was the most fun thing ever, teaching that class. So I added that class, and then my guy friends all wanted to come to the class. I'm like, no, no, it's only for women. You can't come to class. And they're like, well, teach us. We want to know. And I'm like, all right. So I started teaching a class for men about female sexuality and female anatomy. So smart. And pleasure. And (laughs) that was so much fun. (laughs) I'm sure they thought they knew everything, right? yeah, well, like like every man you've ever been in bed with was just like sitting there attentively listening to uh, everything you have to say. So it was it was a ball. And that just ex- expanded. And at that point, I realized that was my next calling. And I started the Intimate Arts Center. I started, I invented the title Holistic Sexuality Teacher because there was no title for what I do. And I, that was almost 20 years ago, that second calling. And I wrote my books. And yeah, and congratulations on that award-winning book. I understand that you were the winner of the 2010 Book of the Year Award, which is awesome. And that was from the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. That's fabulous. Yeah, the book was Woman's Anatomy of Arousal. Yeah, and, and I just I'll also brag while I'm at it, those are my anatomy illustrations. Oh, yes, exactly. So, uh, I read that you illustrated it, so yeah. you're an artist as well. I am, but I never thought I never thought that my art would be part of my work. Uh, so that was just a lovely, delightful thing. But but the anatomy illustrations just didn't exist, so I had to create them. And uh, I'm that's the most proud I am of anything in my life. That book, and I I know how many people it's uh, touched, literally, and how many lives it's changed. Because, uh, like I mentioned before, you know or I'll expand on sex. Learning how to have great sex is like learning to play an instrument. If we don't understand the instrument, we're not going to be able to play it to to its full capacity. I love to teach people and what what the instrument is and how to make it make beautiful erotic music. And uh, the book is also available as an audio book through um, 
Audible, or you can get it at Amazon or via my website. But uh, and I got to narrate it, which oh, was cool. so much fun. Yeah, so I narrated my book, so it's now available uh, as an audio with um, some PDF downloads of the anatomy illustrations because I I think they're so essential. It's really exciting. You know, it's so incredible um, what you do. And, you know, we have lots and lots of uh, sex experts on our show. We, you know, we're heard in 60 countries by over 150,000 people now. And, you know, there's not enough real sex educators or sex education out there. And one of the reasons we decided to do our show was to get these messages out. You know, we really wanted to get education out there. And, you know, we're going on the SDC Caribbean Dreams Cruise. And part of that experience isn't just about being naked on the ship and going to the playrooms and meeting people and fucking and all that stuff. But there's some really good sexual educators out there who Carol and I, who after, you know, we've been in the lifestyle for 10 years, we always go to these sessions because we are always learning and we love to learn. And we've been to Dr. Jessica O'Reilly's sessions many times. We've been to Dentamine sessions. And it's about how to give a better blowjob, how to eat pussy better. And even couples who've been married for 25 years still go on into those classes come out and they say wow I learned something new today and this is what helps them keep that spice in their sex life and keep things from getting stale and boring the more that we we realize that there's really a lack of sexual education in our school system in our adult system the more we want to get great people like yourself sherry on our show to talk about these things that some people don't even know exist or what they should have learned at school i think really the biggest gap in the education system seems to be about female sexuality which is i think what happened to you you realize that you just didn't learn about all these parts that you discovered later in life so i'm i'm thinking that we probably should say thank you to you for your dedication to teaching this very important topic about the female anatomy and what it's all about. So, good work. Well, thanks. You know, I mean, I'm, and I teach this very wide variety of classes for everybody about so many topics. And the reason I teach so many things is once you start with one piece, once you start with, well, here's the anatomy, and then you, then it leads to another piece. Well, here's how you pleasure the anatomy. And then that leads to another piece, which is, here's how you talk to a partner uh, to help them learn. Here's here's how you make communication in the bedroom, how you give good feedback, but also how to make it sexy and part of your erotic play. And, at le- you know, in the U.S., the sex education, even of the basics, even of how not to get pregnant, uh, is pathetic in many, many states. So we, we have pretty awful sex education in, in the U.S. Uh, but even the places that have really good sex education, they never get to the how to make it more pleasurable Right, it's all about that sex. pleasure they leave out. No one's ever heard that females have to have pleasure when they have sex until, of course, they become adults and hear beautiful uh, lessons from people like yourself. Yeah, and there's just, there's not enough, uh, there's not enough really good information and the truth is you can Google things on the internet and you're going to come up with all kinds of stuff. Some of it is good but a lot of it is just crap. So right. it's really tricky when you're when you want to learn, once you realize there's so much to learn and so much potential that we all have. And even if you've developed mastery, the same as somebody who's a master musician, there's always more to learn. True mastery means you're never done learning. You're always going... Oh, what else can I learn? Ooh, what happens if I do this? Or, ooh, listen to that music. Wow, I could incorporate that idea. You know, this is a lifelong learning journey we're on about our sexuality. It can be so much fun and so pleasurable. There's 
so much. Absolutely. It's such a richness. So I'm yeah. going to ask you to hang on. That's an absolute great segue into our next segment. We're going to remind everybody that this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. And today we're talking with author Sherry Winston from the Intimate Art Center. We're going to take a short break and hear from our sponsor, SDC.com. And when we come back, we're going to really get into the anatomy of female orgasms. This segment is sponsored by the SDC Cruise Caribbean Dreams from December 9 to 16. We're booked and we're already started shopping to get all our sexy outfits and we just can't wait to go. Go figure. Again, you know, I mentioned earlier, why do we have to do all this shopping when we're going to be naked on a cruise? However, some of those outfits the women wear aren't stuff that you can wear at your local Starbucks every morning. They're your favorite part of the whole trip, They by absolutely the way. are. <laughs> the sheer lingerie, all that beautiful stuff. And, you know, I really hope, and I know there's space left over, that people still have some time to book on our ship. So go to our website at thesexylifestyle.com. You can still book. If you've ever attended an STC Takeover event, then you know what an amazing job they do creating that ultimate erotic setting. SDC has been hosting swinger travel events since 2006 and showcase sexy fun couples from all around the world. They offer sensual theme nights, exotic pool parties, sexy playrooms, the opportunities are endless. They sure are. And SDC were the first to do a lifestyle cruise on a smaller, more intimate boutique-style five-star ship. And their upcoming Caribbean Dreams, which we're going to be on, will be their sixth lifestyle cruise event, visiting the beautiful Caribbean islands, starting, as we said, in San Juan, Puerto Rico. So join us on the SDC Cruise in December by checking out our website, thesexylifestyle.com, for all the details. So this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. Once again, we have Sherry Winston from the Intimate Arts Center. And she's sharing her advice on how to please women sexually. We've said it before and we'll say it again. Everyone wants to be loved and everyone wants to be a good lover. So for the most part, people want to learn and improve their skills in the bedroom. They sure do. So Sherry, let's get back to talking about your specialty, which is this this model of genital anatomy. And we know it goes far beyond the conventional models. So let's start talking about being vulva-wise. What is that? Well, I say uh, being vulva-wise means you actually understand the whole instrument. And the way I like to explain it to people, uh, especially if we can't see the diagrams, which are really also a great way to understand it, is that, that women have a network of structures that are all made out of erectile tissue. And the erectile tissue is what penises are mostly made out of. So we all, we all know what its properties are. We, we know that a penis go, can go from small and soft and it gets big and hard. And it does that because it becomes engorged. It fills with blood. And for for a good part of my life, probably half of my life, I thought that what women had in terms of our pleasure equipment was basically the clitoris. I now know that it was actually only even part of the clitoris. So that is indeed made of erectile tissue, but that is like the jewel in the crown of erectile tissue. I love that. Uh, we I have, have all these... Great ana- analogy, the, the jewel in the crown. I love that. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to ignore the rest of the crown. So the head of the clitoris is, is very important, a very key component for most women's arousal, but that's not all there is. The so clitoris itself is composed of three parts, the head, the part that we all hopefully already know about. <laughs> yes, because we see it. Uh, um, ab- just above that, under the hood, is the shaft, 
and that's that's going to be about uh, a couple a couple centimeters an inch or so long. That's also erectile tissue, and then that branches into two legs, and the legs of the of the clitoris run uh, down along the sides of the arch of the pubic bone. They're about three to four inches, about uh, eight to ten centimeters. And was that one of the and things the, that surprised you the most when you learned about the female anatomy that you didn't know? The sheer size no, of the well, clitoris? Ta- well, well, that I actually already had heard about the other two parts of the clitoris in some anatomy textbook. Okay. I hadn't quite gotten how it was all made of erectile tissue, but the part that blew me away is uh, the vestibular bulbs. Okay. Yeah. I had never heard of them. And the vestibular bulbs are two big wads of erectile tissue. They're under the labia, and there's one on either side of the vaginal opening. And they're, they're kind of fat and juicy at the bottom on either side of the opening. And then they, they get thinner. They're kind of shaped like an upside-down comma. And I'm going to remind everybody yeah. that they can see those diagrams that you're referring to on our website, thesexylifestyle.com. We will have it posted, but also on your website, on your blog called Vulva Wise. Yeah, it's just for me as a visual person, seeing it is, is really useful. Uh, the vestibular bulbs on the top of them, where they get thin, literally attached to the shaft of the clitoris. Uh, the bottom part, where they're fat, is right on either side of the vaginal opening, just inside the vagina. Mm-hmm. And the bulbs were the first structure that I read about in the book where I went, what? I have never heard of these. What do you mean? How, do I, how can I have these big wads of tissue here that I never heard of? And like I said, I immediately went and checked it out on my own body. And when you play with them, because they're made of erectile tissue, when you first feel around, you really don't feel that much. You're like, yeah, it's just my labia. I don't know. There's some muscle under there. I don't know what. And then you play with it and it puffs up like the Pillsbury Doughboy or in this case, maybe the Pillsbury Dough Woman. And, and they get really, really big. And when you play with them and they get big and you look, and I literally had this experience and many women who've taken the class or read the book have told me they had the same experience where you're like, holy cow, like, what on earth? Like, how did I not know? I've got these giant wads of erectile tissue. So that was the part that, that first blew my mind. I get it. Wow. And I'll, I'll come back to it if you remind me about why we don't know. Okay. But let me tell you about the other parts first. So there's more. There's erectile tissue that's more inside. The, the area that people are now calling the G-spot, I hate the name G-Spot because it's named after the man who discovered it. I really resent having my body parts named after <laughs> men who discovered them. Okay. Well, he and named it. Also, he just, it's just, it's political, you know, personal political thing. Right. But a lot of the female body parts are like fallopian tubes are named after the person who discovered them. Oh, okay. Anyway, so uh, the description that he gave was also incorrect. He describes it as a round dime-sized spot in the roof of the vagina. But what it actually is, is a tube of erectile tissue that surrounds the tube of the urethra. It's kind of like a roll of paper towels and the urethra is like the cardboard tube and the erectile tissue is the paper towels. And when it's not engorged, it's like you're near the end of the roll of paper towels. And when it gets played with and stimulated properly, it's like a brand new jumbo roll of paper towels. Well, that's a great Uh, analogy also. I'm really visualizing it. 
Right, and now you can access it through the roof of the vagina, that's correct, but also you can see the end of it when it's really engorged surrounding the opening of the urethra. So if you play with it and get it big and juicy and then you uh, part the lips and you look close, you know, after, you know if, if you're looking at somebody else, it's pretty easy to see. If you're looking at your own, <laughs> you need, uh, you need a, mirror. a magnifying mirror. Yeah. Uh, you could... You could do a little video. You don't have to post it to you porn or anything. <laughs> you can see it really obviously. You can see the whole area around the urethral opening, uh, engorged, swollen, like a round raised platform. That's the urethral sponge. And then there's one more area. And that's in the floor of the vagina. And that's the perineal sponge. It's actually in the wall uh, between the vaginal and anal canal. That is one that I have not come across almost anyone mentioning anywhere. But now think about it. You've got erectile tissue. You've got this, the clitoral structures. You've got the bulbs on either side. You've got erectile tissue above the roof of the vagina and erectile tissue under the floor. That's a lot. And now can you, sort of, right, can you envision how it creates this, this crown, this circuit, connected cuff of erectile tissue? Yes, absolutely. So I have a yeah. question. You know, I, I've been yeah. reading through your website and read a bunch, a bunch of your blogs, and you talk about the female erectile network. So I went online and I looked for a radio station or a TV station or a domain that's, you know, the female erectile network dot com, but I couldn't find anything. Can you like enlighten me a little bit? Yeah, I named it. <laughs> <laughs> I was just joking. You said which network is which that? Network which is television network? network is that? Where can I watch that? <laughs> Well, up close and personal with any <laughs> willing female partner that you have. Right. Because the great thing about this equipment is that everyone who owns it or uh, has the privilege of visiting it and playing with this equipment can discover all these parts for yourself. So, yes, I named it the Female Erectile Network. I, I'm sitting here saying I'm giving you information that doesn't exist anywhere else. Would also like to invite you to not believe me, but go and do your own homework. So I, I'm going to do the homework about the perineal sponge because I didn't really know about that. So that's something I learned from your website. And I don't didn't mm-hmm. really know how I could find it, but I would just touch that area when I'm fully engorged and very turned on. Is that where I'll find it? Here's what I would recommend about your homework is to do it in three stages. So actually start by checking everything out when you're not engorged at all, okay. when you're not stimulated. Feel everything, look at it in a mirror, uh, like a magnifying mirror is good, or, or take pictures and look at them up close. And if you're doing your home play with, uh, with your partner or partners, you know, have everybody look and feel. And then play. Play with all the areas and get to medium-level arousal. Nicely turned on, pretty juicy, about halfway, halfway turned on, and stop, check everything out again. Not only look and feel, but for, for yourself, notice the sensitivity. Notice the level of pleasure you get by playing, squeezing, rubbing, uh, any of the parts. And then go back into play. Really take your time. I, I suggest about 45 minutes. Is a nice amount of time, but you know, at least a half an hour. Get really turned on. Uh, get your genitals really engorged. Get your whole mind body highly aroused. Get to that point where you're like, you know, like you're like really almost, almost, almost having an orgasm, like really intense. Like go all the way there and then stop. I know that's a hard, hard time to stop, but it's worth it. Stop. 
check everything out again. At that point, it's going to be so obvious. It's going to be so easy to see it and feel it. And you're going to feel such differences in the sensation that you get. Then you will know if what I'm telling you is true because you'll have found every part I'm talking about. Love it. I love it. That sounds great. So, you know, let's get into squirting. Uh, We've spoken on many of our shows about the fact that Carol is a huge squirter. Like she can squirt halfway across the pool. And, you know, we've just uh, come out on the market with a brand new pleasure blanket, which is waterproof. It's called Throws of Passion. All women have those bodily parts, but not all women know how to squirt. Can every woman squirt? And how does that happen? This is a, a topic near and dear to my heart as well. Near to um, your heart? I thought it would be near things. to your pussy. It's, I guess it is. You know, although actually for me, squirting is a very emotional and actually spiritual experience. For me, it's really a, a tied in to any any of, of those parts. So I think the heart and the, the pussy are actually pretty connected. But yeah, yes, they are. It's definitely near and dear to my pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think women come in uh, uh, sort of two categories to start with. There are women who are what I call natural ejaculators who just always have squirted. It's just part of what happens. It's just what they do, and that's how it's always been. And then there's the rest of us who have either learned how to squirt or haven't yet learned but can if you want. And part of that learning how to squirt, I believe, first is learning orgasmic proficiency, because as you know, there are many women who have not yet developed the ability to always have an orgasm reliably one way or another. So orgasmic proficiency means I'm going to have an orgasm. I'm going to have at least one. I'm going to know what to do or what to play with or how to play with it in such a way that I can have an orgasm. That's proficiency. Mastery is when you can get there in lots of different ways with lots of different kinds of stimulation where you really expand your spectrum of the kinds of orgasm you can have. So I think squirting is easier to learn if you've at least become proficient with your orgasm. If you haven't really gotten the orgasm basics down, Uh, Again, it's like you haven't really learned to play your instrument fluently yet. So I think it's trickier to learn how to squirt. So let me let me also mention that uh, I have a series about the uh, anatomy and physiology of the fluid. I believe that this fluid is created in the tubular glands that are enmeshed in the erectile tissue tube that surrounds the urethra. We call that that the urethral sponge, the spongy erectile tissue that forms that tube around the urethra is filled with these little tubular glands. During engorgement, the erectile tissue will fill with blood, get really big and juicy and puffy. And if you'll notice, this is like extra credit home play, (laughs) it will start feeling kind of spongy, like a wet sponge, like that kind of boggy, soggy feeling because those glands are filling up with fluid. The fluid is formed, the liquid part of the fluid is formed from your blood. The watery part of your blood actually can cross from the the capillaries into the glandular tubules. Then that fluid is going to come out somewhere. The tubules empty into the urethra. So if a woman doesn't have a lot of stimulation to that sponge, hasn't really turned on that nerve network so much, there's only going to be a little bit of fluid. If there's a lot of stimulation, a lot of engorgement, there's going to be a lot more fluid. However, unless we learn how to release that fluid, it'll just back up into the bladder, mm-hmm. right? Because that tube's got two ends. Right. So that fluid can go back up in the bladder, and then next time we pee, it'll just come out with the pee, or little bits of it can come out, 
Or if there's a lot of fluid and we've learned how to release it, if we've gotten in touch with that nerve network, if we've already really uh, expanded and established our orgasmic pathways, then we release that fluid and out it will come. And that's called squirt. And that's squirting or gushing or dribbling or, you know, and, and different women, it will come out different ways. Some women, because of their anatomical structures, it will tend to, you know, like squirt like that water fountain arc. Um, other women, it's more like a, a dribbly waterfall. Sometimes it's, do you have that experience where it feels like your whole, like your whole vagina has like <laughs> opened and, and it's just like pouring out yes. like a, yeah, it's so yeah, amazing. My yeah. favorite. Yeah. And, and so that fluid, that fluid in, in, uh, in, in Sanskrit, it's called Amrita. Uh, the nectar of life, Ooh, and it's a I like blessing. That. I like that. Right? It's this. This. It was used in sacred rituals as a, as a ritual blessing, and healing, and medicine. Here's what I think. I think that fluid contains immune factors that help protect women from urinary tract infections. Oh, that's very possible. You know, going back to when you gave that homework assignment for the three stages of trying to find and locate all of that erectile tissue, and you get to that mm-hmm. final stage where you said to stop right, right, right before that orgasm was about to climax, and then have another look, and now you're fully engorged and you're looking. My, my question is, if you don't continue and then have the orgasm, does that tissue stay erect and fully engorged? Or does it immediately go away like a guy who's losing his heart on when, you know, does it go away slowly? It goes away slowly with uh, female genital anatomy. And here's one of the differences that fascinates me um, about engorgement. For penis owners, when they ejaculate, there's these little tiny uh, structures that almost act like little one-way valves. So as the engorgement was happening, it's like you have to close the drain in the bathtub, right? So the fluid fills up the penis. When a man ejaculates, it's as if all of those little muscular valve-like structures relax at the same time. And it becomes flaccid after that. Yes, and that happens pretty quickly. And they can't get hard again right away. Right, so they have a refractory period. Now, of course, when you're... 16, that might be two minutes, <laughs> but when you're, when you're 60, yeah. you know, it could be hours or a day, right? right? So men, uh, penis owners have a refractory period. Vulva owners, vagina owners, no refractory period. We can just keep going. Now, my theory is, is because all those little muscular valve-like structures in the female erectile tissue are not coordinated with each other. So some can open and some can close and some can open and some can close. And so we can get engorged and stay engorged for a really long time. We can have dozens of orgasms or come for an hour. We can squirt and squirt and squirt and still be engorged. No refractory period. My theory behind Mm -hmm. that, which I have heard some other people talking about this same topic, and now my theory is why the female engorgement is different from the male engorgement is because the female erectile tissue has no other purpose except for pleasure, whereas the male erectile tissue, his penis has other functions like urinating. So he needs to be able to deflate very quickly, whereas females, that pleasure tissue is there just for our pleasure. There's I think that that's part of it. I absolutely think that's part of it. And I think that the underlying physiology of it makes sense. Although I would also posit that female orgasm improves fertility for women. Oh, okay. 
but the connection with orgasm and fertility for women is about the uterus. The uterus is a a player in arousal and orgasm. If a uh, heterosexual couple are trying to make a baby and uh, the man ejaculates inside the vagina and the woman has gotten into a deep state of arousal, her uterus has moved up. And during her orgasm, then her uterus will kind of bounce up and down. And when it does that, it improves the uptake of semen into the cervix. And that improves fertility. So that's a different component. But if we think about that, it also makes sense that our pleasure, besides many other things that female sexual pleasure does for us, might also improve our chances of making a baby, which in Mother Nature's plan makes was sense. definitely a, yeah, an important definitely component. Makes sense. <laughs> so what are, what are those key things that partners need to know about how to turn on a woman, how to please her sexually? Well, I think it's really useful to know about all the parts we just talked about and understand that women's arousal will operate best when all of the equipment is engorged. Okay. Um, we can get turned on and we can have orgasms with just part of that network activated. Right, So we could just play with the head of the clitoris and not get the other structures big and juicy and engorged, and we can still have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like playing and singing and playing the guitar. You can make <laughs> awesome music that way. Yes. But if you have the whole band involved, you know, the drums and the keyboard and the backup singers, yeah, right, the music we make can expand dramatically. Right, right, right. So it's useful for everyone, owners and visitors alike, to understand how much more pleasure we get when the whole interconnected system is activated and we get that that snug cuff of connected, uh, engorged erectile tissue, that circuit. And I, I think yeah. we, we need to also mention, and we've spoken about it many times as well, that self-pleasurement that women should do, and you know, we spoke about it in May, which was Masturbation mm-hmm. Month, about if you know how your body works, and if you're a woman and you've gone through all those steps. erectile networks <laughs> and steps and all, well, you need to communicate that to your guy, to the guy, you know, in the swinging lifestyle, you know, we're playing with different people, and for Carol to have a good time, she needs to tell the guy that we're playing with what she likes. So, and the only way she can tell the guy what she likes is by knowing what makes her feel good herself, and that's why we have so many toys, and we play with different things, and now we're experiencing a Sibian, which gives her a whole other experience, but that communication from the woman back to her partner is so important to make that couple experience so sensational. It's so true, and I think the way I like to frame it for people is you need to learn how to play your own instrument Mm -hmm. before you're going to be great in a duet or a trio or an orchestra. Learn how to play your instrument. Your solo set is your learning laboratory. It's your self-care spa. It's your place to go to relax. It's a place to nurture. It's how you can, uh, it's a meditation. It can help you go to sleep. It can help wake you up. It can solve boredom. I mean, solo sex is, is, it's your foundational sexual relationship. So it's so important. And then also, if you're comfortable doing that, a great way to teach a partner is to show them. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carl and David. And up next is our sexy myth-busting game. And today, we're going to do it with Sherry Winston from the Intimates Art Center. Each show, we invite our sexpert to bust a few sexy myths to help us filter through some of that misinformation that we find on the internet especially when it comes to the topic of sex. So now, we're going to get into the real truth about orgasms and squirting, and obviously Sherry is an expert based on what we were just talking about. So Sherry, let's get into the first myth. Women can't orgasm from anal sex. 
oh, well, no, women can orgasm from anything. We can have orgasms without anything being touched. But anal sex in particular is a wonderful way to get to orgasms because there are all the deep nerve pathways connect to the anal tract. So probably if we, if we looked at nerve endings on the hit parade, number one would be the genitals, but number two would be the anus and the anal area. Mm-hmm. So all of those nerve endings are just can give us a, an amazing amount of pleasure. Also remember we were talking about the perineal sponge, right. which is the erectile tissue between the two uh, vaginal and anal canals, and that can be accessed that way. Right. Uh, and the other thing is the rest of the wall between those two canals is very thin. So also anal stimulation actually can stimulate lots of the deep pathways within the vagina because when there's, especially if there's something large in right. your butt. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, but the, the key here is, and I, and I think there's a lot of confusion about anal sex and anal pleasure. And, you know, I teach classes, you know, whole you know, hours so we could talk about this. But the confusion I think people have is if you're doing it in a way that isn't pleasurable, you're not doing it right. So this has yeah. really got to be focused on the, the anus owner's pleasure and done in such a way that everything feels pleasurable. It shouldn't hurt. There shouldn't be any pain involved unless you like pain, and then that's a different story. No pain, only pleasure, and um, yes, it can be wonderfully pleasurable and, and um, also lead to squirting orgasms as well. <laughs> of Great course, segment. yes. Okay, here's one. Uh, we have squirting only happens during orgasm. No, squirting can happen at other times, although it seems like a very individual thing. Again, like the women I was, I was talking about before her natural ejaculators, I've had some of them who they get to a certain point of arousal and they just release that fluid. And so it doesn't necessarily mean it's tied to orgasm. And you can stimulate that sponge, the urethral sponge, and you can sort of mechanically almost kind of milk it and get some fluid to come out, but it's not gonna feel awesome unless it's happening at least at high-level arousal. For the more awesome sensation, I would say squirting works is best with orgasm. It doesn't always have to be tied to it. Love it. Okay, last two myths, me and then Carol. This one is about a sex toy. So if you have a skilled, amazing partner who's great at fucking you and you have the greatest sex, is there a need for sex toys? Well, need is one of those words. <laughs> Um, I don't need most of this stuff in my house. I need a roof <laughs> over my head. But it's kind of, you know, like, look at my kitchen. I mean, I've got a lot of kitchen equipment, right? I don't need it all. I could I could whip cream with just a whisk in my hand, but it's a lot easier when I use the electric beater. When you, lo- when you use <laughs> so, the toy. You know, so I think toys are just a wonderful way of expanding the different kinds of sensations we can experience, uh, helping us develop pathways. They're great learning instruments. It's a a great way to learn to have orgasms or expand orgasms or have orgasms from different things. And I think they're a wonderful adjunct. So we don't need them. And at the same time, if you can afford them, there's wonderful toys, you know, a whole range from things that are fairly inexpensive to deluxe things like the Sibian, which is worth every penny, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) Don't we know it? (laughs) I have one. I love my Sibian. Shout out to the Sibian. Yay! 
Yay! It's a fabulous, it's fabulous. Anyway, uh, and there's really nothing else like it. But <laughs> be that as it may, there's a lot of wonderful low-priced toys, and I encourage people to just look at it as like trying new cuisine. Yeah, sure, you could eat you could eat hamburgers the rest of your life. <laughs> If that's what you want. But wouldn't you like to, you know, try some Thai food sometimes? So, yeah. So, that's my, my take. Thank you very much. So, here's uh, our last one. All women can easily have multiple orgasms. Well, if we took out the word easily, I would agree with that statement. All women can have multiple orgasms. Easily is a tricky word. I think every everyone, whatever kind of body you have, can learn to have amazing, awesome orgasms and really expand your arousal and deepen your pleasure and really have much bigger, better, longer, wilder orgasms than you ever thought. I think that's possible for everybody. And I think it's, in many ways, again, we can think of it like learning a language or learning to play an instrument. There's a lot of different skill sets that we can learn. I would say, however, in many ways, it's easier than learning another language. And maybe it's more like uh, learning uh, dancing or something, because we all have this natural hardwiring for pleasure and, and sex. So we've got this great template in there, but we're human, you know, and this being human means that our minds can get in the way. Some things are easy to learn. Some things are harder to learn. Some things will come more naturally to some people. Sometimes you have to unlearn some stuff. Messages you might have got about sex and shame and bodies and genitals, all of these things. So the thing about sex is it is learnable. Everyone can learn. All women can learn to have multiple mega outrageous orgasms. Men actually can too. Men can learn to have non-ejaculatory orgasms. Mm And each step could be pretty easy. Each little bit that you learn, and if you look at it as learning one little bit at a time, yeah, then we could say over time it could be easy. And also some, sometimes you just get this breakthrough where you're just like, oh my gosh, if I breathe like this and I pulse my muscles and I make this sound and I imagine an orgasm happening, it will happen. So we also can get these real breakthroughs where suddenly it does get pretty easy. That was so much fun. Thanks, Sherry, for your great myth-busting skills. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and up next is our Great Sex Matters segment where we're going to talk about how arousal leads to great sex. So just hang on. A quick word from our sponsor, The Throws of Passion Pleasure Blanket. Maximize your orgasms and just let go while The Throws of Passion Pleasure Blanket manages the mess. Great sex matters, and it can only happen when you're truly relaxed and comfortable. Let the Throes of Passion Pleasure Blanket help you reach new heights of sensual gratification as you get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Yeah, and the Throes of Passion Pleasure Blanket is made with a revolutionary new cool touch naked fleece technology which offers enhanced moisture management with increased absorbency all the while providing an ultra soft playscape. The all new stay dry technology of the inner layer ensures that your sheets stay dry no matter how wet it gets. Throw it down, get it on, and then just toss it in the laundry for your next round of sexy escapades. Incredible sex starts now. Once again, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and now, and I can't wait for this part of the show with Sherry. She's been so great with all her stuff. It's time for our Great Sex Matters segment because... Great sex matters, and we all deserve it. Today, we have author and sex educator Sherry Winston from the Intimate Arts Center with us 
talking about female arousal. Uh, yes, we are. We've been talking a lot about arousal and orgasms and squirting. So, Sherry, there's a lot of reasons why great sex matters. What would you say are the top three reasons for having great sex? Well, there's pleasure. Let's just start with pleasure. It's something that we have a, a, a weird lack of value uh, of pleasure by itself in the Western world. But great sex is intensely pleasurable. It's also healthy. Everything that you're told to do to be healthy, aerobic exercise, meditate, all of those things uh, sex does for you. It's, it's good for your mood. It's antidepressant. It's anti-inflammatory. It helps your immune system function. It helps your digestion function. Like every single thing that you want to do to be healthy, sexual pleasure will do for you. So great sex matters because it matters that you have pleasure. It matters that you're healthy. And I think it matters that you feel good about yourself, that you have good self-esteem, that you feel that you deserve and can have incredible satisfaction in your life. And, and for people who are not feeling like they're getting that, generally they feel somewhat dissatisfied or maybe very dissatisfied. So I think it's, it's healthy both physically and emotionally and mentally. Absolutely. So that's why great sex matters. Beautiful. Very, very well said. Once the couples learn how to physically turn on their partners and they're having great sex, how do you guide couples into keeping it sexy and keeping it exciting in bed? Well, it's one of the challenges of long-term relationships. So I think we, we need to really recognize that and start with the fact that this is a really normal challenge. Almost all long-term relationships can get boring. We become familiar to each other and then we become like family, like siblings. And so if we want to keep it hot, and I hope we do, yeah. I mean, I hope you're with somebody you want to keep it hot with, we need to put some energy into it, some thought, some consciousness, some choice. So we, we need to schedule time, what I call intimacy dates, and an intimacy date does not have to include sex. It could be massage, it could be cuddling, it can be talking, but you got to turn off your devices <laughs> you got to carve time out of your busy schedule and get naked and lie down together and be together that way. I, I think that's really important. And nowadays, they're all like, bring their phones to bed. and Don't bring your electronics in the bedroom. Create a, a space that doesn't have anything in it that's going to remind you of work or, uh, or housework, like no piles of dirty laundry. Don't bring your phone in the room because it's going to beep and the lights are going to flash. And as soon as that does, it's going to take you out of your the, the connected partner trance that you're trying to get into. Absolutely. And that's so, a great segue for the next thing I was going to ask you, which really it, it's so important to prep the body for a wonderful arousing play section, which is what we've been talking about up to now. But we also have to prepare our minds to just let go. So how would you help women to set that stage in their brain where they can block out all their distractions and and really settle into enjoying their sexual pleasure. Hun, do you have a piece of paper? Can you take <laughs> notes, please? He knows I'm a head case, so <laughs> you can pretend like you're telling me what well, to do. Go for it. <laughs> again, this is just one of the most common challenges, being distracted and in our heads and in our thinking. A couple of things. So for, for starters, for many women, or, or most women, our sexual energy is what I would call yin energy, like in a yin-yang model. And yin energy starts outside of ourselves, and then it has to flow slowly past all our other energy centers before it gets to our sex centers. 
people who have core yang energy, what I call kind of more dog people, which tend to be men, their sexual energy tends to start in the sex centers. For example, if I went up to my partner and I stuck my hand in his pants and grabbed his dick, he would be thrilled. Yes, we all (laughs) know that. He would be so happy. I'm playing with his dick. I could easily do that anytime, and that would be good for him. On the other hand, if he did that to me, I would be like, put the, put the, get off of me. Like, what are you doing? I'm not there yet. I have to go there. So if you're one of those more pussycat, yin type of people, we, we need to respect the fact that we need to travel. Our energy needs to travel. And it can get distracted. It can get blocked or diverted anywhere along the line. So sort of coming from the top down, there's that head. It's got to go through the head and the thinking and the mind and go through the communication and the power and the heart and the gut and up through the safety center before it gets, it's got all that, all those layers to get through. So how do we get through all that? Well, we've all got this wonderful set of tools that we were born with. I call them, them our toolkits. And we've got tools of the mind, the body, the heart, and the spirit. And different people will find different tools more or less useful, but I think almost everybody can find using breath, sound, and movement to be super useful. This is stuff I, I learned back when I was first doing birth work. But your mouth and your throat are connected to your pussy. Sound and movement and breath can get you out of your thinking brain and into your more embodied self or your more animal self. Into your trance. That's where we want to go. We want to go into an arousal trance. The first thing is you got to notice, oh, I'm stuck in my head. I'm stuck in my thinking. Or it might be I'm stuck because I'm a little pissed off at my partner Uh or because I don't feel totally safe or, you know, so we got to kind of identify where the block or the stuck is. But let's just say it's the thinking distraction one because that's pretty common. Then the next thing we can do is we can just start with a really simple technique of deep sounding breaths and pulsing our pelvic floor muscles at the same time. And if inner imagery works for you, and you can add that inner, that inner connection between the two. But taking that big breath in, letting it all the way out, and making that open mouth throated ah, sound while you open your pelvic floor muscles and then pulling everything back up and pulling up from your bottom and pulling it all in and up and then ah, letting it all down again. And for most of us, just even doing that like 10 times will start shifting us into our body. So the part... You know that as soon as I start doing that, David's going to be shoving his cock in my mouth. No way, no way. I'm the romantic (laughs) one. I like taking my time and going slowly. You're the one who just wants to sit on my my cock. My question is, while I'm doing this deep breathing and getting organized in my head, what is David doing? Is he supposed to be touching me or relaxing me? He could... He could be doing the breathing with you. Oh, okay. There you go. So a lovely way to connect with a partner, especially because we're often not on the same page and we're just we're all distracted and there's work and whatever, um, is to just get into some comfortable position. You can be eye-gazing or have your eyes closed. You could be in an embrace, front to back, whatever, just in a connected position and do it together. Okay. Do a minute or two of sounding, breathing, Pulse your pelvic floor. You could rock your hips a little. Yeah, if but you know, want. David's not going to be able to keep a straight face. Like, how is he going to do that with a straight face? I just know that that. I can. Work. Well, then don't look at each other. <laughs> I can don't do look it. at each other. <laughs> we'll go back just, to back. Just bury your face. <laughs> go back to back, or yes. have him bury his face in your tits or something. Okay. You know, like he'll be happy okay. if his face is buried in your tits. I'm he'll be always happy. happy. Right? Okay, good. All right. Okay, so there you go. We so, got the breathing so down. Start with. So start with that. 
And then anytime you notice you're like distracted, okay, so say your partner's going down on you. And we've all had that thing happen where they're, they're doing something perfectly lovely, but we're not getting off because we're actually in our head and we're thinking about something not. about them or something they said or did or didn't do, or maybe we're about the email we forgot to send, whatever. We're off in our head and we're not present and we're not really getting off, even though what they're doing is, is lovely. That's another time. Just breathe into it. Sound into it. Pulse your pelvic floor muscles. And when you get the breath sound pelvic floor muscles kind of tied together, you get this little pattern that just brings you back into your body. Mm-hmm. It's a It's a really simple, great technique. And the more... The more you connect the breath sound pelvic floor muscle trio, there's like the keystone tools there, the easier it is to bring yourself back. Wow. Well, that's very, Does very that good sound advice. Helpful? Yes, right. absolutely. I think so, I could definitely try that. What an amazing amount of information we've absorbed over the last hours. Sherry, now it's time for that real advice that we want to give to people so they can have that great, amazing, outrageous sex and orgasm tonight. What's one thing that you can tell everybody out there to do to have great sex tonight? I think it's breathe. Breathe more. Breathe and and make sound more. Let your sound be be part of it. Breathe, make sound. Yeah, tune in. Use those things to tune in. Wonderful. Um, Wow. And it... It really, I just, it goes for everywhere. You know, it goes for early arousal when you need to relax. It goes for mid-level when you want it to get higher. And especially right when you're getting near orgasm and into your orgasm. Breathe, make sound, pulse your pelvic floor muscle. Just doing that alone while you're coming will expand the amount of time and pleasure you get from that orgasm. That makes you focus, right? Well, it does so many things. Part of it is focus. Part of it is also especially during the orgasm, is it keeps you from holding your breath, which will shorten your orgasm. Oh. Yeah. But it, it's, so it's I say, moving the energy, keeping the energy moving, amplifying it. Sherry, that mm-hmm. was absolutely amazing. I mean, we can go on for hours and hours talking to you. You are such a great source of education. You know, we spoke today about female anatomy, arousal, squirting, and of course, great sex. Thanks so much for being here and sharing your stories and advice. Take a second now to tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Come to my website, which is intimateartscenter.com. I've got tons of blogs, online classes. You can get my books. Come and, and uh, check out my website. So we're learning more and more every <laughs> week with all our fantastic sexpert guests. We hope you do too. And remember, great sex matters. And you deserve it. And we encourage every couple to make a point of learning more about sex and sexuality and all the different ways to spice up your sex life. Go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, radio show guest page, and see all our amazing sexperts. Look them up and contact them if you need some advice. Well, that's it for our show today. A big thank you to our guest, author and sex educator, Sherry Winston, and a special thanks to you for listening in all 60 countries. So remember to sign up on sdc.com for one month free. You can use promo code 30314. And we have some amazing trips coming up. First of all, you can meet us at Taboo's Naughty But Nice Sex Show in Toronto, November 24 to 26. Where you can take a Sibian for a ride. Yes, that's going to be fun. Then you can come with us. We're going to be on the SDC Caribbean Cruise December 9th to 16th. And then in the middle of our winter, we're going to go to Hito Kamasutra January 
20th to 27th. Oh, and then again, we'll be back at Hito in March for Tom's Trips, the Miss No Swimsuit Contest, uh, March 3rd to 10th, 2018. And of course, as reigning queen and king, we're going to be getting naughty at Naughty in Orleans, July 25th to 30th. And for more information about these trips or anything else, you can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David reminding you to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 